0: And also uh, Pastor Jordan, and I just wanted to, to say thank you uh, for the honor. It's really a, a tremendous honor for me to be here with you this morning. And uh, we were just excited when and he asked me to come several months back. I said, praise God, I'm excited about what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. And so it's just an honor for me to be with you this morning. And I know God has something for you. Amen. If you're ready to receive it. Amen. Amen. How I many of y'all know you can't eat unless you open your mouth? Isn't that right? you got you to you be hungry. How many of y'all are hungry today? Amen. Well, if you're not hungry, you're not going to eat, I can tell you. But if you are hungry, God's got something for you. Amen. So let's open our Bibles this morning over to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And uh, we're going to pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for the holy, written, precious Word of God. I thank you, Father, that you think through my mind and speak through my mouth this morning. I thank you for these wonderful young people that are here. I just thank you for what you want to do today. I thank you in advance for what you want to do by the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father, for giving me insight today and what to say and giving me insight and what to do. We just thank you. We depend on the precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you sent to indwell us. We thank you for the Holy Ghost that shows us what to do. We thank you, Father, that the Holy Ghost is the one who changes our life, and we're ready to receive the uncompromising Word of God, and we honor you and give you all the glory and give you all the praise, and we thank you for it. And everybody said? Amen. John chapter 12, and uh, of course, the theme of this camp has been abide, and uh, there's been a lot of different definitions that's come forth already about abide, but I want to give you a couple myself that came right out of Webster's. And uh, the word abide, uh, I'm just going to name some of these. It means to heed. How many of y'all know that's important? Heed. It means to stand. The word abide. It means to obey. It means to follow. It means to respect. It means to comply. And I thought this was interesting. It means to conform to. So the word abide is really I look at it this way. The word abide is really talking about when I think about the word abide. When when we're talking about the word abide, I look at it as a decision. See, I have to decide whether I'm going to obey. I have to decide whether I'm going to follow. I have to decide whether I'm going to heed. I have to decide whether I'm going to comply. I have to decide whether I'm going to conform to the word of God. And do what God told me to do, or I'm going to reject God's word. How many of y'all know that's a choice? And I can tell you this: if you're going to fulfill God's plan for your life, because I was a youth before too. How many of y'all know I wasn't I didn't grow up in, you know, I wasn't born an adult. Some of y'all don't know that? I wasn't. Praise the Lord. But I can tell you this: if you're gonna follow the plan of God for your life, your specific life, if you're gonna follow God's plan for your life, You can no longer live like a chameleon. You can't live with one foot in the world and one foot in God. You can't be all in one day and all out the next. Amen. You got to make a choice. So if you're going to abide in the word, how many of y'all know that's a choice? A prayer line don't fix that. Your pastor don't fix that. It's a personal choice that you make that you're going to comply to the word of God. It's a personal choice you make that you're going to conform to the word of God. It's a personal choice that you make that you're not going to live the same way after today or after yesterday or whatever. You've got to come to a place in your life where you make a decision. And you've got to come to a place in your life where you've got to realize your life's not all about you. My life's not all about me. It ain't about how popular I am. It ain't about how cute I am. It ain't about... It's, it's not about that at all. See, what it's about is if I'm going to abide, the word abide means to comply, means to obey. You're going to have to get to a place where you say, Father, you know what? I'm all in. Yeah. Father, I'm all in. Whatever you want to do in my life, I am open to do, for you to do whatever you want to do. I'm willing to get rid of everything that I need to get rid of. I'm willing to separate from people I need to separate from. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do to comply to your word and to comply with my future. How many of y'all know God's already got a future for it, but you arriving to it is up to you? God has a future for your life, but whether you get there or not is on your side, not on God's side. He's already ordained a path for you, but whether you follow it or not, it's your choice. God's already ordained everything that you need before you were ever born, but it's your choice whether you comply with God's word or you reject God's word. So we can say this, abiding is all about what? A decision. You got to decide you got to make a choice. Because really, to be honest with you, your life, at the end of your life, is a culmination of decisions. You can decide any day that you're going to do great things the same as you can decide every day you're not going to do nothing. Your life is not a culmination of your experiences and what has happened to you. Your life is a culmination of your decisions that you make on an ongoing basis every single day, whether you're going to follow God or you're not going to follow God. Things happen to all of us, abuses happen to all of us, and we're not going to hide behind those no more. We need to forgive and move on and realize that my life and my future is bright, and God's got a future for me, and my future looks good, and God's got, He's the author of my future, and He's authored good things for me, and I'm going to arrive at my future. See, that's a choice. That's a choice. Or we can live our whole life blaming other people for the way we are. We can live our whole life pointing our finger at people or or things or whatever and not really taking personal responsibility for our own life that it's up to me. You know what? If I'm going to get to my future, it's not up to my pastor. He plays a part in that. I have to choose that I'm going to change. I have to choose that I'm going to comply. Well, are you here? I'm just getting started good. Don't shut me off. You all right? You all right? So now look at this. You say, well, you're already up in my grill. I'm not even there yet. I'm getting there. Look at this in John chapter 12. I'm just telling you that God can use it. If God could use me, he can use anybody. And I know you've heard that from a lot of people saying that. But you know what? I grew up in the project. I grew up poor. I grew up broke. I grew up. Some of my friends are in prison today. I'll never get out. I know what it is to have nothing and I know what it is to have something and something's always better than nothing I know how it is to scrape and scram and fight and do everything you need to do to try to get ahead so I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth we probably didn't even have a spoon so I'm telling you God can use you God can take your life and make it something great for his glory He can take your life. I don't care where it's at today. And if you will follow his word and you will do what God tells you to do, you will be amazed at the person you become. Do you hear what I just said? If you will follow God and you will follow him and you make a decision that you're going to draw a line in the sand, that you're really going to follow him, you will be amazed at the person you become what God can do with you and how God can mold you and how God can change you and how God can develop you and how God can impart in things into your life. You'll be amazed At the per- and people around you will be amazed. And you know what? Then he gets all the glory. Because we're not that smart anyway. How many of y'all know that? So if God can do something with me, he can do something with you. Say God's about ready to change me. Because I choose to. You know, we can preach to you for a week straight, all day long, but until you make a decision that I'm going to change, none of it's happening. Until you get to a place where you say, you know what, they're talking about me, God's talking about me, God's trying to help me, and you know what, I'm going to make that change today. I'm going to choose, not because of the person sitting next to me, not because of my family, my friends, or anybody, this is my life. And you got one shot. You only go through this thing one time. One time. That's it. That's all you got is one shot. So why not make it the best? Amen. Why not do your best? Why not live the best? Yeah. Amen. You can do it. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, you know why? Because the Bible doesn't said you could. It said you can do all things through Christ. Now look at this in John chapter 12. With that in mind, look at this in John chapter 12. Jesus is about ready to come to the end of his ministry, about ready to go to the cross, and he's starting to talk about things that are very, very important that relate not only to him, but relate to us. Now look at this in John chapter 12, and it says in verse uh, 22, it says here, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again, uh, Andrew to Philip. Well, where am I at here? Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Okay, verse 22. Philip come and telleth Andrew, and again to Andrew to Philip, tell Jesus. And Jesus answered him, saying, The hour is come, and the Son of Man should be glorified. So he's coming to the end of his ministry. Now I want you to pay particular attention to these words. Jesus said, Verily, verily. The word verily, verily, just simply means truly, truly. It means I'm telling you of a truth. Everybody got that? So he said here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except, the word except means unless, unless a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone you ought to circle that it abideth alone now watch this but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit he that loveth his life shall lose it and he that hateth his life that doesn't mean you hate yourself or you hate things that word in the greek just simply means love less He said, if you love your life, you'll lose lose it. But if you love less his life, in his work shall you keep it unto eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall he also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now I want you to see this. How many of y'all know Jesus is not just talking about him giving up his life. He is, he's talking about you giving up yours. He's talking about you coming to the end of self. He's talking about you denying to self. So Jesus is talking about himself, but he's also talking about you. So he's not just talking about him giving up his life. He's talking about you giving up yours. He's talking about you dying to self. What's important to you? Dying to yourself, coming to the end of yourself that you realize that you're not all that. That your life is not all about you. That your life is not all about what you achieve, what you acquire. That your life is really living in God. And Jesus, in order to obey God's will, he had to come to the end of himself. He had to come to a place that he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Didn't he say in John 4 that my meat is to do the will of the Father. My, my meat or my will, my purpose, my desire, my hunger is to fulfill your will, Father, not mine. I want your will to be done in my life, not mine. God is the author of your life. Amen. You're not. And so he says here, I, I've got to come to the end of, the, of it. Now notice this in verse 4, 24. It says, unless a corn of wheat. Now he's talking here about a single corn talking about one kernel how many of y'all know one kernel is not going to feed nobody okay. y'all don't know that know. one kernel won't feed nobody how many of y'all know that know. Yeah. but how many of y'all know if you let that kernel go into the ground and die mm-hmm. it'll feed a family Amen. because it will produce right. Now notice what he says here he said unless that corn, corn of wheat fall into the ground write the word fall down this word's important this word fall, he says, unless of corn. Notice he didn't say a corn is planted. Of course, it is planted. But he's using a word, uh, now he's using a word, introducing a word called fall. So I started thinking about that. I said, what are you talking about fall, Lord? I know you insert, you put corn into the ground. So I know one single corn is not going to feed me, one kernel. I mean, you know, if how many of y'all ever got, you know, at Thanksgiving time and you have corn and you go over there and get one kernel and put on your plate? Anybody ever get one kernel? No. no, you get a whole bunch of kernels. So he's talking about one. How many of y'all know one kernel is not going to do you no good? Yeah. But how many of y'all know if you take that one kernel and you put it in the ground and you sow it, you're going to get a stalk? And how many of y'all know you'll be able to feed everybody at Thanksgiving time with that corn? So this word falls is interesting. This is what it means. It means to come from a high place to a low place. Yes, sir. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I believe what Jesus is talking about, not only his personal life, He said, I believe he's talking about this, unless we are willing to lay down our plans, which carry a higher place in our mind, then we're not able to fulfill his plan and become more. So you got to fall from that high place. Are you all here? He said, and for you to become more, you got to die to yourself. For you to abide in me, you've got to die to yourself. For In order for you to become more, in order for you to be what I want you to be, in order for you to achieve what I want you to achieve, you've got to come to the place in your life where you stop living for yourself. You've got to learn to abide in him. You've got to learn to trust in him. you got to learn to trust in his plan for your life, not your own. You don't have to figure out what you're supposed to do. God's already done that. And he did that before you were ever born. So your future is not hidden from you. It's hidden in God. And as you go after God with all of your heart, God begins to reveal what it is he wants you to do with your life. Hallelujah. But you got to come to the end of yourself. Hallelujah. So we know a single corn is not going to do any good, but we know if we plant it, we'll have a big harvest. What is Jesus doing? He's using a natural example to explain a spiritual principle. And he does this often. He'll use natural things to explain something spiritual. And so he's not just talking about, okay, I'm going to go to the cross. Let me ask you a question. What if Jesus would have been full of self? What if Jesus would have said, you know what, I'm not willing to die. I'm not willing to, that's just too much. I've got other things on my mind. There's a lot of other things I'd like to achieve. But yet he came to the end of himself, and you know what he said? "He, I'm going to die because he's seen you needing a savior. He's seen you and I before him. He's seen you and I, the joy, you were the joy set before him. He's seen that you were going to need a savior. You were going to need a deliverer. You were going to need a healer. You were going to need a provider. You were going to need a source of, uh, uh, of direction and, and understanding. And he said, you know what? I'm willing to be like that colonel. I'm willing to lay my life down and to die for you and to die for you and to die for you and to die for you. Die for you. I'm willing to die for all humanity So we can become more. But what if Jesus would have said, you know what, that's just too much. I got too much on my mind. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to lay down my life. Now let me ask you a question. If God, Jesus, was not willing to lay his life down for you and I, what would our life be like today? We would be in a world with no Savior. We would be in a world with no hope. We would be in a world with no future. But because of one person willing to die to their self. One person willing to come to a place in their life where they say, not my will, but thy will be done. One person coming to a place in their life where they're willing to lay their life down so that others can pick up life. And who is he? Jesus. And Jesus in this scripture, he said, are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow me? Are you willing to die to yourself? What if you don't die to yourself? What if you don't die to yourself? If Jesus dying to himself brought fruit, what if you don't die to yourself? You also will hinder what God's going to do in this earth. Through you. Are you here? So you got to ask yourself that same question. If you aren't willing to die to yourself, our plans, our purposes, what we want to do within life, who else will be affected? Who else is going to be affected by your selfishness or my selfishness? Who else is going to be affected if I'm not willing to say, Lord, I'm going to give you all? And I know school's about ready to start. And I know we're going to go back to school, but you know what? It's going to be different for me this year because I'm going to die to myself. Those kids in school are not the author of my future. God is. And I'm going to die to myself and I'm going to live for God. Or we can sit there and, you know, sit half-cocked in our chair and not even listen to me and turn me out and do what you want to do. And God will let you do it. But I can tell you somewhere down through there, you're going to hit a wall. And God don't want you to hit a wall. He wants you to listen. Because you're here by divine assignment. Your life is here because God wants you here now. There's something for you to do now. There's something this earth needs you to do now. There's something this world needs from you. What's in you, the world needs, or you wouldn't be here now. What's in you, the world needs. Hallelujah. And you got to come to a choice where you make that choice that I'm going to live for God no matter what it takes. And it can't be an emotional hype. It can't be an emotional thing. We can come to camp and be all in for a week. We come to camp and be all excited about what God's doing in our life. And then we leave camp and we go right back to the old friends, right back to the old thing. And you know what? Then we go right back to where we were. You know what the point was? We didn't make a decision. you got to make a decision if you're really going to do it for real. The Amplified Version in verse 26 says this. It says, if anyone serves me, look at anybody. If you're going to serve God, what's got to happen? He must continue to follow me. You're going to serve him, you're going to have to follow God. Look at this. To cleave steadfastly to me, listen to this, conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying. And wherever I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. What did he say? You, if you really want to follow me, you've got to come to a place in your life that you're willing to conform wholly to my word, wholly to right living. And you've got to die to your own self. That's what he's saying. He said, this is what it's going to require for you to live godly and live holy and live right and live with power in this earth. Yeah. You're going to have to conform yourself to me. That's right, man. This is a life. And he said, notice he said, when you do this, notice what he said here. Uh, in serving me will my father honor this is how you live an honorable life before god and god will honor those who live godly in this earth what did jesus just say if you do this you're willing to give it all for me you're willing to lay it all out on the table you're willing to give it up for me and honor me yeah you're going to take some persecution yeah people are going to make fun of you so what Don't you think they made fun of Jesus and he he was on that cross naked, had no clothes on, his face was all deformed, his beard was ripped out, his body, the flesh was hanging off of his body, and he he didn't deserve to be up there, but he did it for you. He wasn't embarrassed, but I'm sure he was embarrassed, but you know what? When he was stretched up on that cross, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about you needing a Savior. And he was willing to lay his life down. And yet we go out, sometimes in the earth, people don't even know we're Christians. Because we're ashamed and we're embarrassed to say that we love God or we're saved or born again. You're on your way to heaven, not hell. Why would we be embarrassed about life? You know why? Because our life is too much about us and not about God. When our life is about God and not about us, we don't mind taking some persecution. When our life is about God and not about us, we don't mind to be embarrassed. Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. If that's your will, Lord, here we go. Because I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. I'm here to make a difference. I want to make a mark on this earth that can't be erased. But it's a choice. It's not about talent. It's not about education. It's a choice you choose. I choose. Every day. Hallelujah. So Jesus was totally committed to God's plan. And that's how he abided in him. He was committed to God's plan. Was he not? Now look over here in 1 John. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. You know I remember when I went to youth camp. I only got to go once because we didn't have no money for me to go but I don't even know how I got the money for that. But either, ir, 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 irregardless, I went. And you know, I went hungry. And I had a lot of, I had a lot of hangups in my life. But I went to that camp and I was hungry for God. And I made a decision I was, I was going to change. And I left Different. They, at the last of the day, you know, at the last day of camp, they would always let the families, well, th- this particular camp only went to one, but they brought up, you know, your family could come in. And the first thing, my sister, she looked at me and she said, something is different about you. She could see it on me. You know what? Because I didn't care what anybody thought. When you care what other people think, it hinders you from receiving. Because now self is in the way. Well God, I don't want you to do something, but not too dramatic, because I don't want to get like embarrassed or anything. <laughs> First John chapter two. So you've got to make a decision. Look at this in verse six. It says, "He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked." You Notice know did he say, "He that saith he abideth in him. If you say I abide in God, yes, pastor, I abide in God." Notice what he said. In him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. The Amplified says this. Whoever says he abides in him ought, listen to this, ought as a personal debt to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which he walked and conducted himself. I don't know about y'all, but what that tells me is it says being all in. Completely sold out to God. That God is it. And you ought to ask yourself something. What's keeping you from being all in? What, what, what's really keeping you from po- completely selling out to God? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Is it your secret sins that nobody knows about but you on the computer and all the different little rooms you go into and all the different book face things you got going on and Tweety and all that sort of deal and and all these different surfing things you're doing on the internet and all these things people don't know about. Is that what's holding you back? Are you hiding behind hurts and things that have taken place in your life and you're hiding behind things that's happened to you and, Pastor, I just can't break out because? Well, how would you fill in the line? What would you say there if I interviewed you and said, what's holding you back from being everything God called you to be? What would you say? If I asked every one of you, say, what is holding you back from being everything God wants you to be? Yeah. You would, there would be something there. Yeah. Yeah. But I got news for you. What you would put in that line would not be what I put in that line. Because what we ought to put in that line is the same answer. You know what it is? A decision. Wow. Yeah. That's all that's holding you back. We put everything else as an excuse. But it's really a decision, is it not? It is. If I said, what's holding you back? Well, Pastor, you know, when I was a kid, this is what took place in my life. Okay, well, did you forgive them? Yeah, I forgave them, but see, you're still reminding yourself of it. Yeah. Yeah. So is that really what's holding you back? Or is it a decision that you're, you haven't decided you're, you're going to go all in for God? I think it's a decision. I think we have to decide. Would you agree or disagree? What's holding you back? It certainly ain't your skin color. It certainly certainly ain't your education. I have no prejudice bones in my body. I got a multicultural church and love it. I got black folk married to white folk. I got black folk married to Hispanics. I got Hispanics married to everybody else. And you put us all together and we just just love it. So you can't hide behind that. Well, that's because I'm black. No, it ain't. Cause you ain't made a decision that's because i'm hurt no it ain't because you ain't made a decision well i don't live on the right side of the track what's the right side of the track It had because you ain't made a decision when you make a decision that's when god gets involved but until you make a decision he ain't getting involved you got to make a decision that i'm going to be all in for god that this is my life and i'm moving forward and god said yeah i'm right there with you Now get up and let's move together. Get up and let's get this thing done. Get up and let's make a difference in this life. Get up and let's make a mark on this earth. That's what God says. Get up and let's do it together. Like, well, you know. No, don't go there. It's a decision. You have to decide. You can decide at any moment you're done. Amen. You, at any moment you say, I'm done. What you just do? Make a decision. I'm done with them friends. I'm done with that trash. I'm done with that trap. I'm going to make a decision about this. I'm going to make a decision about that. And I don't need nobody else to help me in this decision. And I'm not going to let my emotions and my past experience help me with this decision. I already know what I need to do. The Word already told me what I need to do. And that's what I'm going to do. See, that's somebody that's made a decision. That's somebody that's died the self. That's somebody that says, It ain't about me and how, who me. It's about God and it's about me doing what He wants me to do. Now, when somebody's like that, they're not prideful. They're humble because they've humbled themselves. Didn't Jesus humble himself? He came to the end of himself. Once, as I say, He emptied himself. See, some of us got to empty ourselves of ourselves. We got to empty ourselves out. It ain't about me. We got to empty ourselves out. Right on the altar before God, say, You know what, God? It ain't about me, no way. You put me on this planet not to be cute. You put me on this planet for a purpose. You put me on this planet to know you and through your, my relationship with you, you've called me to do something. And I just want you to know that I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. I'm going to make a few mistakes along the way, but praise God, your blood cleanses me. I may mess up a few times, but I know you're right there to help me. I thank you, Father. I am set. I, my life is set, and I'm moving forward, and I'm not going to look back. I'm looking forward. I'm not going to look to the right or the left. I'm going to look to you, and I'm going to keep moving forward. Somebody that can do that, you're in for it. You're in for the ride of your life. Praise the Lord. It's being all in. Most of us are, are, are comfortable with not being all in. Most of us are comfortable not going to hell, but keep as much of the world as we can. And when I keep as much as the world as I can, yet I'm still going to heaven, well, I'm just right, really good right there. That's where most Christians live. Now, look at this in John 15. Are y'all right? I'm not done yet. John 15, look at this. Pastor Alvin mentioned the scripture the other day. Praise God. I mean, you got, you, it's, your, it's your choice. You're not going to bother me one way or the other. It's your, it's your life. It's your choice. I just want to help you. John chapter 15, look at this in verse 1. It says, I am the true vine. Who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? The father, right? I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Listen to this. Every branch. Who's the branch. You're a branch, right? Yeah. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Why would he take it away? Because your life has been meant to produce fruit. Wow. Yeah. Cool. You aren't just to pass through this life. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges. It, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Amen. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Look, listen to this. Abide in me. And I in you. Notice we got to do the abiding first. You got to move towards God first. He said, You abide in me, son, and I'll abide in you, just like that branch is is abiding in the vine. He said, That's what you got to do. How many of y'all know what he's talking about? Choice, decision. It's decision time. You got to make a decision. You're going to decide today. I'm not going to force you to decide. You're going to decide on your own. And the way you leave camp and the way you leave here today is based on your choice. You decide. So notice he said here, he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot, look at that, cannot bear fruit of itself. In other words, you can't do it all on your own. You got to be abided in something. Except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Now Jesus is saying here when he's talking about abiding, he's talking about you dwelling, he's talking about you being connected to him. And when you're connected to him, you're going to be able to bear fruit. The, the, what, the, the fruit of a person's life, that you, that you uh, the fruit that's coming out of your life, is evident by what you're connected to. You know, in my backyard a few years ago, we had this uh, drought in Texas. I live in Texas. And we had this drought that was the worst drought almost in the, in the world. It was, we were over a, almost 100 days at 105 to 10 degrees every day. Lake was 56 feet below. I mean, everything was just in a drought. And I had two trees in my backyard that was just kind of withering up. And, uh, and so I went out there, instead of cutting them down, I could have cut them down. Everybody was telling me, just chop them down. I said, no, I'm going to tear these branches off. I'm going to believe God. And I went out and lay hands on my tree. My tree? I can do what I want with my tree. <laughs> Jesus talked to one. I mean, I didn't talk. Well, I guess I did talk to it. Yeah. But anyway, over the years, a couple years, you know, every year it came back a little bit better. Every, and, but but it, a couple years ago, I went out there, and it's a pear tree. And I went out there, and I seen this pear and this pear was all withered up as half grown. And I said, well, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time. So we add more water to it. I put some fertilizer in the ground. And, uh, and, and every year uh, it would come back a little bit better. And the Lord showed me something with that on the scripture. He said, see, son, all you got to do is go to the tree and look at the fruit. He said, if you go to the tree and look at the fruit, you will know the condition of the root. He said, all you got to do is look. He said, if you look at the fruit and the fruit is withered, he said, what does that tell you? I said, we got a problem with the vine. We got a problem with the, with the connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so every one of your life, you're producing fruit. Right. The problem is not the fruit. The problem is what it's connected to. Right. Right. You connected to good things, you produce good fruit. You connected with bad things, you produce bad fruit. Yeah. So the fruit in your life, all it does is reveal to reveals what you're connected to. You can say you're all in, but your fruit doesn't show it. Thank you, Pastor, you're really helping me today. I appreciate that, praise the Lord. So the fruit wasn't the problem. What it was connected to was the problem. And the Lord told me, he said, if you'll stay with this tree and you'll keep watering it and intending to it, he said, then it'll, it'll eventually come back out and start producing good fruit. He said, but if the root is bad, the whole thing's bad. And that's what he's talking about here. And so this year, they're coming back, and they're more plush, and they're more whole, and they're more fruitful. Why? Because the tree is healthier. So you may be here today and go, Pastor, I'm producing some bad fruit. Well, you can change. All you've got to do is make a choice. All you got to do is, like Jesus said, you've got to lay the axe to the root. All you got to do is make a choice and you got to make a choice that I'm going to move forward from this meeting from today or whenever at the end of camp I'm making some decisions about my life. And you write them down. You write them down. You can write down today I died. Today I died. Today Jesus is the Lord of my life for real. And I'm going to allow now God to live through me. I'm no longer going to live for myself. I'm going to live for God. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20? He said, by their fruit you shall know them. He didn't say by their mouth. He didn't say by the title they put on their forehead as Christian. He said by their fruit. Every single one of us are producing fruit in our life. question is, what kind of fruit are you producing? You write it down, you're serious. When you write it down today, I'm going to die to myself. Today I'm going to do this. And then I follow it up with action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you here? How many of y'all know the world out there is getting darker and darker and darker? And let me ask you this, when were you going to rise up? Mm -hmm. When are you going to rise up? When are you going to come to the end of yourself and really do something for God in this short period of time that we have? When are we going to stop making excuses? And when are we going to stop making excuses about the way things are and really begin to move forward? When are we going to reach out and, and help other people? When, when does our life become about more than just us? When will we ever see the hurt dying? When will we ever see the lost in a lost state? When will we ever reach out to them with the love of God that we say we're Christians? We say we are Christians, which means what? Christ like. What did Jesus do? Jesus went to the hurting. Jesus went to those that are lost. Jesus was always open for God to help him. Jesus always reached out and loved people. If I walked in your school and I walked behind you, would I see the fruit of the word and the spirit? Or would I see the fruit of the world and then you get rid of that fruit before you come to church? What sort of fruit you got going on today? Right. All of us have it. Right. When will you take up your cross and follow him? When will you die to sin? Mm. When will you hate sin? I hate sin. I hate the devil. Right. I don't, I'm not looking to try to get in the devil and get into God. I'm all in. Right. And I'm not all in because I'm a pastor. I've been all in a long time. Sin don't have anything that I want. The devil don't have nothing that I want. Praise the Lord. But you got to come to a place where you die to yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's the question. You should write that down. When will I die to self? Yeah, a couple weeks. Oh, you would never do it. Oh, I'll get there, pastor. No, you won't. Let me just make this statement. Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. He said, you call me Lord, Lord. He said, you call me Lord, Lord. That means what I'm submitted to. The word Lord means I'm submitted to you. You are the king of my life. I follow you. I obey you. You are my Lord. He said, why you call me Lord... Why do you call me your Savior? Why do you call me the one who is there for you? Why do you call me your Savior and you don't do the things I tell you to do? It's called half in. Not all in. There was an atheist. This is a true story. There was an atheist that didn't know God, didn't want to know God. I heard his testimony. Or this person's testimony. And he had nothing to do with God, didn't want nothing to do with God. And then one day, he was, he was sleeping and he had a dream. And in this dream, he was standing on a fence like this, like I'm standing on a fence. And on the right side of this fence was, all, was Jesus and all the masses of people that, that were in the kingdom of God. And he's standing there. And on this side was all the masses, the devil, and all the masses of people on this side. And he was standing on a fence, which is symbolic of a choice. And he stood there and looked at them. And then all of a sudden, everyone disappeared. And he's standing there all alone by himself, standing on a fence. And the devil comes back to him. And the devil says this. He said, oh, there you are. I've come for you. He said, no, 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 hold up. He said, no, no, I didn't choose you, nor did I choose him. He said, yes, you did. The fence is mine. Some of y'all are on the fence. He said, the fence is mine. The guy woke up immediately and cried out to God and got born again. See, because we can live this life thinking that everything's all right. Thinking I'm good, I'm good with God. You know everything's good with God, but yet we're standing on that fence. Yeah. We haven't made this choice, nor we have this made this choice hundred percent. We got to make a choice. He said, "Yeah, you did. The fence is mine, and the fence is the devil's." Right. Now look at this in in Roman, I mean in Revelations. I'm just about done. Y'all right? Yeah. Revelations chapter three. And this is where a lot of the Bible. and I'm not accusing you of this, so please don't, you know, please don't take it that way. It may apply to you, and if it does, we can get that fixed. And maybe most of you, Revelations 3, and maybe most of you are all in, and praise God that you are. But for those who aren't, and those of you that are on the fence, just know the fence is the devil's. And he ain't playing. He wants you on the fence. He wants you to stay there. He wants you to think you got all the time in the world. He wants you to think, well, you need to live all your fun years right now, and then later on in life, you know, I'll just give my life to God. Don't play with God. Don't play with God. Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Nobody's guaranteed the next moment. Revelations chapter 3, look at this in verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things, saith, that saith the amen and faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot I would thou be cold or hot what is he saying I want you to be one or the other I don't want you to be in the middle who decides that y'all don't know that who decides it you do He said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I work that you're cold or hot. So then cometh thou art lukewarm. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So in other words, God said, if you're going to be on the fence, I don't want nothing to do with that. If you're going to be on the fence, I don't want anything to do with that. When you spit something out of your mouth, why do you spit it out? Because it tastes good? Because it's disgusting. You take something you don't like, like, you know, cauliflower or something, or Brussels sprouts. Right? And you put that in your mouth Well, you go, and you want to spit that in a napkin, right? You want to get it out. That's what God says. He says, that's what I feel like when I got people that are half in and half out. Greek says it makes me want to vomit. Why? Because I have divided loyalties. You don't want divided loyalties. You don't want to be all in, or half in and half out. We have to make a choice. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Look at this. He says here, because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. See, you can be sitting here going, Pastor, my life is great. My life is wonderful. I don't have any, you know, I'm not really all in. I, you know, I'm a Christian and all that, but I really don't have any issues. That's what he's talking about now. Notice what he says here. He says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Look at this. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Oh, everything's good with me, Pastor. Yeah, but are you all in. Well, no, not really. He said you are what? Do you? you what did he say? You were right, wretched. Wow. When you don't think you have increase of anything, I don't need anything. I'm half in, half out. Everything seems to be good for me. No, I said he's not saying that. He said, don't you know that you're wretched, and you're miserable, and poor, and blind? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Why? Because I'm playing the fence with God. God's not a gambler. Time to get off the fence. Time to get off the fence. In closing, here's what you're going to have to do go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You got to think about your decisions. You got to think about what you're going to do. If you're going to abide in God, we're talking about abiding. We're going to abide in Him. Here's something that you're going to have to do. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. It says be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You don't have no business hanging out with people that don't know God. Your, friends, your closest friends ought to be the ones in your youth group, not the ones at your school that you don't have no, no, nothing to do with. He said, You're going to come serve me. You're going, you can't be unequally yoked. You can't be in the world now, the world. You can't have worldly friends and call yourself a Christian. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? He goes, How can you fellowship with righteous, unrighteousness when you say you're righteous? And what communion hath light with darkness? So how how can you be on the internet doing things you shouldn't be doing, playing with darkness, and then at the same time going, praise the Lord. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, Lord, you're all that. And we're praising the Lord and we got things on our phone. We got things on our computer. We got people around our life that's just full of darkness. He said, how can you fellowship with darkness? And at the same time, be all up here worshiping God. Listen, just because you raise your hands does not mean you're worshiping God. Raising your hands is not a sign of worshiping God. A heart pouring out to God, a heart that is worshiping God is a heart that's pouring out before Him and loving on Him. This is not a sign that you're right. How many of y'all know they do that at the baseball game? They do that at rock concerts. Do they or do they not? They do that at football games. But you're going to go, boy, they sure are righteous. Right there, look at that guy lifting his hands right there. He, he's born again. I know he's up there in that football stands raising it. He's saved. Yeah, he's saved. He's saved. <laughs> you wouldn't me doing that? How can we relate that over to the church now? I say, just because everybody's raising a hand, we all right. <laughs> God. It's the attitude of our heart. Can't commune with darkness. And what concord hath Christ with Billy or idols? And what part hath the belief... Uh, believe with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people look at this wherefore or with that in mind knowing this what is he telling us to do wherefore I'll come out from among them how many all know that's a decision come out from among them and be you what Say it. Say it, the Lord, this is God speaking to you, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So what does he say? In other words, you've got to make a decision to come out from that garbage. You've got to make a decision to move on with God. He said, and I'll be a father unto you. And I'll be a father unto you, and you will be my son and daughters, Saith the Lord Almighty. Now watch this in verse 1 of chapter 7. This will be the last scripture. Verse 1, it says, having therefore these promises. What promises? The ones he just talked about. Right. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Notice he said, let us. See, it's us doing something. Yes, it's us Snake, Father. now, how do we do that? First John 1, 9, doesn't it say if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. So if I'm going to cleanse myself, guess what it starts with? Repentance. What does repentance mean? Huh? Change the way you think. Does repentance mean go, oh, I'm sorry I did that? That's what most people do. Sorry means I'm probably going to do it again. But I'm just sorry that I did it right now. Repentance means to turn and go the other direction. Be like you having a problem on the computer with pornography. And you ask God and you pour your heart out for God and you say, God, I'm sorry, I repent. Not only, not only am I sorry, I'm repenting. And I go home and I make myself accountable. And I get rid of the garbage. That's somebody that wants to change. There's actions that always come with repentance. Repentance is just not words alone, repentance is words in action. There has to be some changing. If not, guess what? You're going to be right back where you were before. And usually it's worse. Do we all have a choice? Do we not? We all have a choice. So it says here, let us cleanse ourselves from all unrighteousness. That's your choice. And so what I want to do this morning, um, I got a little bit of time here. I got a couple things I want to do. I want all of us to stand up. I want all of us to stand up. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to close your eyes. I don't want you moving around.